Okay. We got it figured out. The boomers have figured out the technology. <laughs> we're, we're back at it. Chris, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to have a local Edmonton podcast having me on the show. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, we appreciate that. What, uh, so speaking of which, because your show, now you don't go specifically local with it, uh, your guests and stuff? I, I have a bit of a formula. It's like, okay. I always want to have Edmonton in there. Gotcha. And so it's like, maybe every third, fourth guest is Edmonton. But then I also want to spin it and bring people outside of Edmonton onto the show or like people that used to be from Edmonton, but just to kind of like give people the insight that like, Hey, like there's a lot of cool people around and you can find them both locally and far away. <laughs> and if like mm -hmm. there's somebody that you can't relate to locally, then find like utilize your social media and like surround yourself with like like-minded people through social media. And it's just kind of like, gives people insight and perspective, but then it also helps us to not take for granted who we have, like, next door to us or across the city kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. How long I have you been you. doing it for? Yeah, because um, your episode count's pretty high, actually. Yeah. I, that. I, I can't remember what my last episode was, but it was, like, 130-something nice. or other. Damn. But, like, I've been doing it since uh, September 2018. September 1st was when I released the first one. So gotcha. Okay. I average like 2.4 episodes a week sometimes. Like I took a little bit of a break, so the average is going to go down, but it's a mm -hmm. lot. Wow. Episodes. Yeah, damn. Good for you. Shit. What's the furthest guest away that you've ever had on? Uh, it's tough because I'd have to like really pull out the Google Maps, but like I've, I've interviewed somebody while they've been in Australia. I've interviewed uh, somebody local while they've been in Iceland. And I've interviewed a guy that was traveling all of the countries in the world, except for he hasn't hit up nine yet, and he was stuck in Hong Kong. And the really? cool thing was, Shit. like, his his thing was he started off in Denmark, and he wasn't going to uh, take any planes. Mm -hmm. That was his rule. So that means he's, like, taking cargo ships, and he's, like, <laughs> hitching a ride with people with, like, their private yacht. What? Oh, okay. And he got stuck in Hong Kong just as like COVID nineteen right. was hitting there. And so they're oh, like, okay. You can't you can't travel out of here and if you go in a boat then they have to hold you on the sea for like a certain amount of days. Right, no boat right. was like, Oh yeah, we'll take that on. Like they hmm. wanna get to where they wanna get yeah. to. Um and so it's been kinda cool because I'm still connected to him. His Instagram is once upon a saga. Hmm. Okay. And you can like see, oh, what wow. he, Interesting. see what he gets up to. And the cool thing was like you know those videos, those like uh, motivational videos on Facebook and stuff, and it's like, this guy traveled the world, and I was like, ooh, that looks cool, and I yeah. found him, and I was like, let's talk. Like, oh, okay. It was like kind of like a now this sort of article or something. Oh yeah, something totally. Along those lines. Like, yeah. um, you'll get like these stories, and then those brands like repurpose it and add some cool music and make yeah, it extra yeah. spicy, and it's like, oh. And yeah. <laughs> so yeah. When, yeah. when I checked it out, I was like, what are the odds that he says no? And like, what are the odds that he says yes? And like, mm -hmm. so he was totally down. And honestly, like throughout COVID-19 has been the best perspective because every time, like, let's say we're getting tired of not being able to do what we used to like doing. Mm -hmm. You go look at the guy who's been like stuck in Hong Kong and like to put it in perspective, his trip traveling you might think, oh, he's traveling, whatever, one year. No, he's been, like, stuck traveling for, like, seven or eight years. Gee. And he's he's looking hmm. engaged. And so 
he's growing this beard. And every time he sees his fiance, he shaves the beard. Okay. His beard's really long right now. So yeah, like yeah. he's having to really get uh introspective with his life. He's going on lots of long hikes, but it kind of teaches you like, okay, like if this guy can handle this, we can do anything. Like, mm. At least we're at home. We I mean there's going to be still restrictions, but we're at least like in our comfort zone. We're not in a whole other nation trying to like figure out how to make do. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> long-winded wow. answer to your question. Interesting. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a really cool story. And what, uh, like, why did he decide to do that? Just to say he did, or? Um, from what I know, like he actually was employed by like a cargo ship company, and oh, so okay. he was already traveling quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when you travel, you get all this like life lessons from different things and you gain perspective and like, uh, it was enlightening for him to go to Africa. Cause you see like that is, there's a lot more to Africa than just Africa. Like I was right. watching something recently and like a North American's perspective of Africa mm-hmm. is that it's all just one thing. And we're seeing the poverty commercials on TV, which is unfortunately something that is like societally put in front of us. Like we don't get that perspective that Africa is actually a very large continent, and within right, Africa right. are very a lot of like, very different countries and diverse and cultures. Countries. And, yeah. yeah, and like they have big cities, they have industry, they have all this stuff. They have extremely talented individuals. They have like. There's so much more, mm-hmm. but because we're in North America, what do we, like, we just don't know, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and so he had already gained a lot of these experiences. He's already gone to like Disneyland in Hong Kong. He's already been to a lot of the places. And then I think somebody just put it out in front of him. They're like, I bet you can't do this. And he was like, watch me. Like hmm. he, uh, he got some funding from, I think it was like the Danish Red Cross. Um, there was a few other things in place that kind of helped him, and he mm-hmm. did like a GoFundMe format because right, obviously right. it's going to get expensive. But yeah, it was just like I think he probably thought it would go a lot quicker than it did. But then it's kind of like I'm always going to finish what I started. Like that's the attitude that he has. Like interesting because it's wow. a lot of countries in the world. Yeah, yeah, there's quite <laughs> like, a few. Yeah. Two hundred, I think. Yeah, I something like that. He just yeah. has nine to go, and the thing yeah. is, they're just that's tricky to get to by ship. Like you literally have to know a guy. Has he been to Antarctica? Way. I can't recall. I think he may have. Really? Honestly, I think that one is not on the list of the ones he has yet to go to. <laughs> I actually know someone who's been to Antarctica really? as well. Yeah, but they did like because there's like a ship there that is kind of the like outpost or whatever and they move it once a year and if you uh they somehow got this like basically free trip but it's because they like take the ship from go back to argentina and like move it down the coast of antarctica or whatever to like a different location but it takes like days right and it's some like it's not like a luxury cruise or whatever so this guy i know and his brother went and his brother set it up and they got there and then it was kind of like Oh shit! Now we have to sit in this fucking boat for <laughs> days at a time. But anyways, interesting. I have no desire, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That one feels like it's. I get the travel, but yeah. that one's kind of checking a box. If if you ask yeah, that me, is right? kind of like so, yeah, totally like ticking them. Get off. it off the to do list. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Hong Kong. That's kind of an interesting place to be trapped right now. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Just and politically. Is and he a Danish guy? Is that why? Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. He's gotcha. got Danish heritage. I think he went to school. Like, 
some people. He's not an Edmonton guy, is he? No, he's, okay. He's no, European. no connections to Edmonton at all. Just found sure. him. Cool. I'm just yeah, doing yeah. my thing, going on the Facebook, and yeah. I'm like, ooh, that looks cool. Yeah, hmm. yeah. But I think he went to like post secondary or something in the U.S. And so like he had most of his life, he's already been around doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's wow. kind of like. A lot of people doing big things now have like a prerequisite earlier in their life, like sort of like a foreshadowing. I mean, like that's the experience that I've had and like the hmm. people that I've talked to. It's like people who are authors today, you can kind of sense in like the decisions that they made, like say their high school experience. It's like, oh, wow. Like they really liked like creative writing, but mm-hmm. kind of like they were like, no, I need to get a real job. And then they did their real job. And then they finally, like, whether they were, like, 25, 35, 45, decided, actually, like, I've been yearning to do this one thing that's much more meaningful than anything that I'm getting from this job. So, for like, at all costs, I'm going to do this, like, this writing project. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why that's why I switched careers into fitness because I used to – I did a few other things before fitness. And then I was like, well, what am I doing? Like, I want to do this other thing. I liked gym class. I liked health class. I liked mm-hmm. – working with people and talking to people and so it's like you kind of find your core values fairly early for a lot of people and it's just kind of like rekindling that fire and just being like oh this is what really matters at the end hmm what else have you done for career? all right yeah let's let's go <laughs> let's go through the list yeah, yeah. down the rabbit hole yeah we go. exactly so i'll try and like i'll probably go through the whole thing but i'm gonna add like context into where i kind of like found my found myself in sure. my journey okay <laughs> so like my first job my first like well i guess my first job where i made money i was actually like a uh self-employed web designer in high school i really oh, okay. liked computer class okay and grew up in a rural school um and so it was like you kind of find your niche and my niche wasn't the party scene so my niche ended up being kind of like the stick to yourself do your hobbies do sports do whatever and so like I really liked, like, I got into to cross country because that, like, you could just, like, totally disappear in that sport. It's very individualistic and stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And I like computers because, like, the cool thing was I had a computer teacher that I finished every module he had. And so he had to design more modules for me. So, like, I could have graduated just on computer credits, <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't think universities or anybody, like, appreciates that, but it's cool that I could have graduated on just right, computer sure. credits. Yeah. And so I gained all these skills, and then I was like, I really like web design. And this was back in the day when it was, like, you were using, like, Dreamweaver, and you thought it was cool if you had a component of Flash on your site. Like, yep somebody doing running man or something yeah yeah and so i was doing that and I so was... like mid 2000s for context probably oh yeah like yeah. something like that yeah um like i graduated in 2010 so i would have been doing web design um like up to five years before i graduated gotcha. okay and i volunteered a bit i did like uh i kind of practiced on doing some web design for like a local church i was going to and for a camp that i was part of and like some of these things that just ended up like you just practice what it's going to look like as the end product Mm -hmm. um and some of these things were actually a product that was sold and so my first website that i did that somebody actually was interested in buying was for a uh, taekwondo studio and so i was like yeah yeah i could totally do this and so that was kind of a good side hustle and i did a bit of like video editing and stuff and so like in high school i was thinking i was going to be like computer creative 
I was looking at going to Vancouver Film School. I got, like, shortlisted for, like, this high school intensive. So they picked a few people from around North America, and they were like, come on down for a weekend. So mm-hmm. you pay for your flight and all that stuff, and then you get to experience, like, what the class would be like. And as soon as I was, like, really understanding what that industry was and what it was like to live in Vancouver, I was like, I don't I don't think I can make a go of it because it's much more expensive to live there. Yeah. And it's one thing to be educated in the film industry. It's another thing to get a job in the film industry. Like you have to like be a cut above the rest. You have to have an idea and like a why. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I was like, okay, like I I don't think I'm actually going to go to Vancouver film school. Um, Amidst all this, like my first high school job, it was like working at Safeway and I worked at sport check for a bit and I was still at sport check I worked at SportCheck once upon a time as well. Nice. Yeah. We got like a, a connecting piece for SportCheck. We can bond over <laughs> oh, <yeah>. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one yeah. in the mall or which one? Well, you see, I didn't move to Edmonton until like 2011 or okay. so. And mm. so I started off my SportCheck journey began in the wonderful city of Wetaskiwin. Nice. And There's so. SportCheck in Wetaskiwin? I opened it. Oh, so like okay. that that's how real this is. <laughs> there wasn't a sport check in with task and then I was like the one of the first like footwear yeah. managers there. That's funny. Oh yeah. And nice. amidst that I was like, Oh, I'm not gonna like I gotta do something. Like I didn't know if I was gonna be able to make film school work, so I was like, I wanna do something and I should probably move to Edmonton because that's kinda like what you do. You mm. move to Edmonton. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Edmonton and i was starting up with grant McEwen, and amidst that i transferred to the downtown sport check and as things went on i was doing like classes at McEwen, and um then i found i was taking a more shifts at sport check and it eventually morphed into all sport check no school like maybe a few evening classes but it's like go to the city to do school and then you're just back at sport check hmm. and then i was like because, see, during this time, I was figuring out my why. And I mm-hmm. figured out, I figured at that time, my why was you get, like, a certain amount of money per year. And that affords you to be able to do, like, your big boy steps. Like, you go get your home or you uh, go to dinner every night or you go buy nice toys and stuff. And I figure, well, once I do that, then I'm feeling awesome. Mm. And so I spent, like... Uh, the better part of another year working at sport check. So maybe like one or two years in total. And then that's when I, one of my colleagues who was a manager at another store had started working for a stainless steel company. And it seemed like a really good environment or just like just a good opportunity. Cause it's like a startup company. And so I hopped on over there and I was making way more money and I was, yeah, I found it. This is it. And I was there for like five years and as time went on, I was like, no, like, this isn't it. Because, like, you know, when you, and I mean, relatively speaking, there's always going to be a job that makes more money and there's always going to be a job that makes less money. Yeah. But in comparison to what I made at SportCheck, I was making a lot more working in the stainless steel industry and, like, in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came down to, like, my personality, like, I'm a person who, like, in high school, I worked as a camp counselor. So I'm like, I'm an empath and I like connecting and I like, uh, like I care about people on a, on a deep level. Like if somebody's sad, I feel that sadness. If somebody's like hyped up, I'm hyped up. It doesn't even matter if that thing has anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to like feel that energy. And you don't really like when you're 
more of a laborer, you're not going to really get that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yes, I put that stainless steel pipe in the rack. Woo, you know? <laughs> and I just, I was like, okay, like, why, what, what is my purpose? And amidst all that, I was like, I was, you know, those TSN turning points for somebody is like, this is where I started my fitness journey. Well, I had one of those, which is a big part as to why I'm in the fitness industry. Um, there was a time when I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm fit. And like fit to me at that point in my life was fitting all this pizza in my belly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you just put in your work day and then you're tired and you're like, well, I don't need to make a fancy meal. I got a job. I'm good. And so you call up Papa John's. (laughs) He hustles on over with his pizza for you. And you got your beer on standby. And like a lot of days can go by where that becomes like your default routine and consistency pays off you do that for enough time and you can gain some weight and kind of lose your cardiovascular yeah (laughs) and so like i join in some edmonton sport and social club do some dodgeball kickball all that stuff i'm like oh yeah i played dodgeball this week i am fit Mm. and like that was by definition my fitness but then if you like like i tried crossfit a few times and that's when I was okay. Like my fitness might be my fitness when I'm at home and I'm the only one in the room and I'm the fitness person in the room. But that is not like I might not live as long as I want to if I keep up this lifestyle. Hmm. And also just like uh, when you get engaged in a good routine that supports your fitness. So let's say your nutrition improves and you're actually active and you're like adherent to some form of a sleep schedule. Like, when, when you're doing a labor job, nobody nobody really knows how much you sleep. Like, you could just be like, oh, let's go to the ranch. <laughs> and then you go to sleep at 2 a.m. Like, nobody says that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's an example that was, like, relevant for the time that I was at that job. Yeah. Um, you go Absolutely. home. And nobody, nobody cares when you got home. They just want you to show up to your job, put in the work, do a good job, and, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just... Um, different industries have like a different environment and for me being like a hippy dippy like personal development oriented person like i am always interested in helping people improve and so i needed to be in an environment where i could help people improve and so as i started to realize like what role um bettering my fitness and bettering my nutrition had in my life like i was able to apply it to the job that i was in in which I started to notice that when I took better care of myself, like stopped, slowed down, exercised, slept better, then I was more of a key player in that job role. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. I was worth more. Um, And then I was like, well, what else can I do with this? Like, this is pretty cool. Like how much stronger can I get? Uh, How much more? Because I was starting before I left that job, I was already doing like some uh, account manager stuff with Yeg Fitness. And so, like, if they had, like, a page in the magazine for ad space, I would be involved in, like, selling the ad space. And a bigger part of that role was, like, being out and about in the community. Like, if we had a community workout, I'd go. And if it was Mm -hmm. a yoga, I'd go. If it was bar, I would go. Like, everything that you can think of, I've probably done. And, like, regardless of the client, if the clientele was all females, it would be females and me. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, because you don't know unless you try. 
Um, and I got really involved in like spin classes. I was going to a ton of those and I was like, oh yeah, like now we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. Like I, uh, had gone to Hawaii a few times while I was working at this other job. And I just remember I like, we did this big hike and I was like, oh man, I'm tired, but like shirts off, I'm going to take a flexing pick. So I'm like up on the hill and I'm like flexing there and I'm holding a stick. Cause I was like, then I can do the thing like at star Wars where like the guy's like holding the stick above his head and he's like, <laughs> I can do that. And we yeah. can reenact like, so I have that. But then after I started taking care of my fitness and I look back mm-hmm. at the picture, I was like, Oh man, like you don't know how far you've like let yourself go mm-hmm. until you start taking care of yourself. Right. Right. And it was just, I realized how much better I felt as a person and how like, I started to get more in tune with like what was important to me in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like just being self-driven, like as a self-employed person today, I realized that's a better fit for me. Basically you get it what you put in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I want to work really hard, I'm going to mm-hmm. see the results of my business. And then like I talked about how I enjoyed cross country and it was because you're putting all this effort into you. It doesn't matter what else is going on in the world. You're getting a lot back. You Mm. start to realize, like, if you are looking after your sleep schedule, like, your body is going to thank you. You're going to recover better. You're going to be less anxious. Um, You're going to get more gains. Like, if you're trying to build muscle and you're working off four hours of sleep a night, like, it's not very sustainable. No. No. And I was like, well, I would like to do this for other people. And then I pursued the training certifications and... Did I did do spin instruction for about a year, and it was just like you could only work for so many different gyms at once, and so it was just like that was the start of my career. And I was at True Ride, which is owned by World Health, which is now Gym Movement. I think that's what you call it. Hey, the, the <laughs> their new name is quite confusing. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll call movement. it Gym Movement. Yeah, Gym Movement. And it was just like I had the opportunity to do both. But it's mm-hmm. just, like, it's really tough to uh, do both. Like, when you're a trainer and you're doing the spin instruction and you lead the class and they're like, okay, now go have training sessions with this trainer out, outside of the door. Not the one in front of you, the one outside the door. So it was, like, um, if my career had maybe gone differently and I was, like, doing all my things under one, under one roof, mm-hmm. it would be different. But, like, I'm glad that I'm glad that I had to make the pivots that I had to do. Because I got the experience of leading people through like a group setting and kind of doing that, that spin style thing to kind of get practice, mm-hmm. to get an idea of like people's response to different motivation, to get people's response. Like, let's say if we were all building a house together and I'm just sitting there half-assing it, mm-hmm. you guys are going to be less inclined to build the house with me there half-assing it like you'd be better off if i just take off but if we're building the house together and i'm busting my ass then your inner hard worker is going to feel pretty good about that you're going to be well if he's busting his ass like he knows nothing about building houses oh i will contribute like it's basically like your effort and your desire in any setting is going to uh, be helpful for the people that you're involved with and so then i realized like if i'm passionate about this career um and just consistent in learning then that's going to pay off and so i was able to really understand where passion sets a person sets a person apart in the fitness industry and so like my first gym was open while i was at it 
for eight months and then they closed and so i had to hop across town i went to another gym mm-hmm. and i was there for four months but i ended up getting recruited by the owner of evolve and it was just basically like we were a good fit like i it was a good environment for me mm-hmm. um, being around a lot of like like-minded trainers and having a lot of space and a lot of equipment and so that's where i've been landed since i think i started there february 2019 and so right is that that's the one uh in the old mac building right that's the downtown one. Oh, so okay gotcha three locations oh really okay currently. yeah so there's a north end one and then mm-hmm. a downtown one and a south one and so the south one that i'm at it's like 91st street ish and 51st ave ish so <laughs> okay if you, if you yeah, know over where blocks there. is it's like really close to blocks okay but it's like you can't see it from like a main road you just it's kind of like one of those oh, okay. gyms it's where you have tucked to know away. Where it is. yeah like, you want to go to the gym like, with air quotes like, yeah is there actually a gym there because it looks like an industrial yeah. section hmm. <laughs> there's a like a password to get in or something oh yeah like that. totally yeah. knock five times on the bay door <laughs> no, no it's it's really cool to be part of because like i like startups that that's kind of why i was at the like because it was a huge culture shock to go from like jobs i was at like i'm a farm kid but mm-hmm. I'm a farm kid that still liked to hang out inside and play on the computer. Mm-hmm. So it's right. like, I'm not, I'm kind of like a hybrid of both. <laughs> so it's like, I know how to work hard and I got big legs, but I didn't have to like feed the cows all the time. And right. I didn't have to be involved in any of that craziness. Cause like I had allergic reactions to hay as a kid. So <laughs> my, it's a little bit difficult. <laughs> my, yeah. My dad took it easy that. on me. It yeah. was like, I'd help sometimes, but as soon as I started coughing, he'd like be like, okay, like you can, you can help and help with something else. But like yeah. I did, I liked building forts and did all that stuff that city kids don't experience. And one of my favorite things was like, so we got this long driveway and I would mow it, but I would mow it with a push mower. And a lot of people would be like, when you have like a riding mower and it's a long area, why would you do the push mower? Mm-hmm. And my thought was like, well, I'm going to be like really freaking strong by the time I get finished with this push mower. So like, mm-hmm. um, for, to give you perspective of it all, like probably 200 meters long. And I would say it probably takes like 10 to 15 passes to get the whole thing done. Okay. And it's like propelled by you. And so it's like if you like ever... we're talking the old timey one that just like has it's like kind of a cylinder and Not has like blades or oh, okay gotcha. I did that at my uh, at my condo for a bit but oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no this one it still had the engine powered by gas and everything okay but you're right. still having to push that right 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 and it's heavier heavier mm-hmm. than one of those self propelled ones and it's a ditch so it slopes so like this is like a super set of a sled push. You know, because like you're having to brace yourself on yeah. the slope of the ditch, and you're pushing this thing, which is a considerable considerable amount of resistance, and there's a slope. So like, I think going away from the house, it's downhill, and going towards the house, it's uphill. So I mean, I attribute most of my gains to my lawn mowing experience. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I just like liked soccer and stuff like that. So all the sports that I did, doing like bike rides outside, attributed to like just having an easier time getting into the fitness industry as someone that kind of like they're like, oh yeah, no, he must do fitness mm-hmm. because it was like I was always kind of like a fairly average sized but stocky kid. 
And so then I go up to a trap bar and I have an easy time with it, like lifting it off the ground, just because like I always used my legs in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be some prerequisite versus if I lived in the city and didn't have access to all these just like not fitness, but technically fitness things, Mm -hmm. then I would have a hell of a time trying to like be in the industry looking like I had been lifting for a while because it like everybody has a story to them like every every jacked person that you see in the gym has a day one like the rock true didn't always look <laughs> like the rock yeah yeah like all these strong people that we see and no matter what gym you go to like there's always going to be someone stronger and always somebody not as strong but that strong person has like a story there's always a bigger fish Qui-Gon oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to think about that one. Fuck, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you 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 tell a lot about uh, like functional strength, right? As yeah. opposed to straight up bodybuilding or. Well, like it, it's tough to to really put it in a box, mm-hmm. and I'll explain why. Because like yeah, you'll see. Let's say you were looking on the internet for like memes of functional fitness. It's gonna take you down a long rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find a function someone. So my main certification is certified functional strength coach that doesn't necessarily define like how i see fitness it's Mm. like um so if you went down the rabbit hole of like the the gifts or the memes you would find people like finding things just anything and just calling it functional fitness and it's like well what defines that as being a functional thing to do and so my best definition is like honestly like I look at who my client is and say my client is um, a young university student. And I think, well, what was life like when I was a young university student? And I'm like, well, I did want to look kind of jacked. And so in that situation, it would be a bit of bodybuilding, but Mm -hmm. you still want to be able to do things that you want to do. So you still want to be like one of my best examples that I use lately. Um, Let's say your buddies call you over and they're like, Hey, you want to do an ultimate frisbee thing? Well, you want to be able to, at any given moment, be able to move your body so you can do ultimate frisbee. And so you're going to have to have like some good hip mobility. And you're going to need to be able to move. Like If you run, you need to... like In the best case scenario, if your body is capable of running, you want to be able to run. So maybe some running mechanics in there too. But then let's say my client was like 60 years old. She's not really interested in running. Well, I'm not going to make her run. Mm -hmm. Um, For her, like functional fitness, we'd go through like, how do you brace your core? How do we reduce your back pain? How do we manage stress? A lot of people like, you can actually go through like breathing technique and lifting because it corresponds to how they're going to lift things into their Toyota RAV4. Like they go shopping and it's like, if you hold your breath and you pick up the groceries and you set them down you're gonna be like super lightheaded you're gonna fatigue a lot faster versus if we go through some dead bugs teach you how to breathe um teach you how to recover talk to you about sleep give you a little bit of nutrition advice like yeah take a more of a holistic approach like the overarching goal of someone that age might just be that they want to lift their grandkid to the top of the slide or they do want to live that extra 10 years or maybe they are going through a lot of stress and fitness is going to be helpful and they need to learn how to make that sustainable mm-hmm. a lot of people are their own like worst enemies so you know how like it's like okay i have five goals for this year and like a third party can come in and be like, so what's stopping you from making that goal and then you with the goals might be saying oh i don't have time or like i don't have the resources 
but then like if we list out that thing that we want to do and like put it at the end of the year and then figure out what it takes to do that thing and then break it up and like define um what task we have to do in order to sustain that so let's say our one of our five goals was we wanted to make an extra twenty thousand dollars that year now like that's easier said than done that's going to be really tough but what if we divide twenty thousand by 365 days and i mean still not the easiest but then we see okay how much do we have to uh, generate each day in order mm -hmm. to make that happen or perhaps flip the coin how much do we have to start saving like do we cancel our amazon prime do we um start like some people are kind of complacent with their bottle recycling maybe you just start like really gathering those bottles like mm -hmm. little things add up and especially if you multiply it by the number of days in the year or especially if you make like a big task isn't so big when you divide it up and then find ways to solve that problem. So like, I'm not even going to try the math, but let's say like each day you had to make an extra like 50 or hundred bucks and you work like an eight hour day, regardless of whether you're working for somebody else or self-employed, then you just have to find things that you can do that generate that income. And so like for some people it's being the Uber driver, some people it's being the bouncer at the bar. Some people, it might be um, you start to really find ways to generate income from things that you like doing. And so, like, I I know my experience with the podcast is, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, one day this is going to help me in some way. Mm -hmm. But I know it's not, like, just flip the switch, all of a sudden you're making money. But, like, Very you, true. Guys, you guys can be, like, consultants for, for media and stuff. Like, you can spin something to yeah. make it a skill. Cause that's, that's just what people do. That's what like entrepreneurial, bleh, entrepreneurialism is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah. And it's, I don't even know how I got onto this. Basically I had a lot of coffee today, so you won't have any trouble making me, making me talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's part of podcasting. You kind of, uh, it has made me in like real life follow conversations more. Like you'll oh, be yeah. talking with friends and it's like, Hey, how do we start talking about, grilled cheese sandwiches and you're like oh well you mentioned that and so and so mentioned that mm. and he mentioned that or whatever but or sometimes you just start talking on this and you're like my god i hope i think of something by the end of this sentence because i don't know what i'm talking about that's but... more so where i come from than, <laughs> the, than the whole yeah, like yeah. following a conversation oh yeah still can't do it save my a little, life a little bit of both <laughs> so actually because so i guess on the podcast note like with your show the lifestyle chase by the way i don't think we dropped the name of it yet so w w did you have any kind of goal for it when you or this is the wrong quote way to ask this question what what i guess what's kind of the what's kind of the overarching theme if you will and then like was that how you started it or did it kind of evolve like our show we started quite a bit different to what it became you mm -hmm. know so yeah yeah i'm ready for that question um <laughs> it's cool because like I've learned as time has gone on that mm -hmm. it really helps to like tell my, my and it's guests. also not f fitness focused, is it or it, it kind of kind is. of or I'll, I'll get to it all, I'll, I'll all encompassing the whole thing. okay yeah, yeah so like it is fitness it's categorized as fitness okay but it's like it's like a fitness podcast like no other because it's like it's not all fitness but right then I'll I'll kind of try and explain how it kind of correlates and how it circles back but essentially like. When I was like, okay, 
I'm going to have a podcast. A lot of people, because there was like four or five podcasts that started at the same time. And like at the facility I was at, there was two other podcasts. So like like eight staff in the building and three of them had a podcast. <laughs> so like, a lot of people can be like, oh, well, he just saw somebody else do it. But my thing was, and it kind of goes back to like um, just how I've always been. My mom made a comment the other day. She was like, you know, you don't get in fights with people. People just have to tell you to stop talking. <laughs> so it was like it was one of my things that just came naturally sure and so gift I'm, of the gab oh for sure <laughs> and at the warehouse i couldn't talk nobody wanted to talk to me nobody wanted me to talk mm. like so that was my old job that i had for five years so i had a lot of like desire to get that out of my system sure and then i was a fan of podcasts still am i tend to like basically you see me put out a lot of podcasts, but I also listen to a lot of podcasts. It's like nonstop. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was really enjoying what I was getting from conversations to be able to hear other people's stories. And I'd get to the end and I'm like, well, what about this? Like I found that I was asking questions like subconsciously that a lot of people weren't. And I was like, well, what easier way to get those answers than to just ask them myself. Hmm. And so as far as like the overarching theme of it goes, um, I'll, I'll tell you about a teacher that really shaped my life in, in high school. Um, so his name was Mr. Axelson and he was a guy that always believed in people, like always believed in like your potential. And like, I was horrible at basketball and grade seven, I come to this big new school and like Mr. Axelson was like seven ish feet tall, like big, tall guy. And he was always so convinced I'd be 5'10", but I'm 5'8". But it's like, that just goes to show like his belief in people. But I went and approached the idea of playing basketball and I was so like, there's so much self-doubt. I was like, oh no, I'm not cut out for basketball. I can't do volleyball. I can't do basketball. I can't do nothing. And he was like, no, just try out. You can do it. You, you deserve to try. And so I gave it a shot. And so he kind of taught me like, how you can kind of like go after your potential and, and be the best version of yourself and also be yourself. Hmm. Um, and what happened was like, he, he grew the basketball program at my high school, like dramatically. And he grew the, the female basketball program greater than almost any female basketball program in, in Alberta, especially from like a rural standpoint, like for perspective, like my high school was grade seven to 12 and there's like 150 kids. And oh, so, like, to grow that basketball program, that's a big deal. <laughs> and so... Is it recu- recruiting from grade two or what? Well, I mean, like, it's just you're getting the best potential out of every kid on that team. And you're teaching them to communicate with each other better than they've ever communicated before. And then they can transfer that to, like, so many other applications in life. Mm-hmm. And it's going to help them perform academically. And for one person to have that kind of an impact was pretty huge. But then... I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it happened when I was either just about to leave sport check or like the middle of my, my other job and him and his family were in a car accident. So they were in a, they got caught up in an intersection and got T-boned by a vehicle and it was him, his wife, his baby daughter and his two boys. Hmm. And so the world lost Mr. Axelson and his baby daughter. And for me, it was like, that's when I started start. I started to think like life is short. That's when I started to think about people that I look up to, like people that really made an impact in me and believed in me. And I was like, who am I for other people? If, if I am not 
near matching what this man was for, for me. Like this role model made a huge difference. Like hmm. I never really was that great at basketball ever, but the fact that he believed that I could be, Mm-hmm. and he like saw it through that i improved like I, I improved at the sport and if i applied myself i could get results and it didn't matter if it was like academic or personal like he was always there for me and so to have that and to kind of like basically it was like i would always think about what if i lost someone else that had that kind of an impact to my life mm-hmm. like how would i handle it and so no podcast was talking about anything like that and it's not like all of my episodes are sad but no podcast was talking about like what happens if you lose a loved one what happens if what happens if you have a kid like mm. all these lifestyle things yeah um and then it was who is listening to my podcast because i have a diverse client base you look at fitness podcasts there's not nearly as many female guests as male guests mm-hmm. Um, you look at fitness podcasts, there's not as much diversity on that podcast as there might be in the audience of people that train. Hmm. So like we, we all know, like here living in Edmonton, guaranteed, we got some diversity in our life. And so I wanted to represent that. I wanted to talk about the tough stories. And so when I sit down and like kind of debrief one of my guests, I'm like the overarching theme of the lifestyle chase is to help people be resilient through the stories of others then we've always promoted diversity we've always tried to elevate females in the industry because it's a tough go like if you don't have like let's say you're a female trainer and you're like oh who am i going to look up to and you can't think of like a female trainer because you haven't seen them on the popular podcast or you haven't seen them at the seminars or anything like that well then it's tough because like I think everybody deserves to have somebody that looks like them to look up to. Hmm. Like Hmm. I've always had like males that were white that I could look up to. I'd be like, I want to be like him one day because I could like picture my face on, on them. Yeah. I could kind of like put myself in those shoes. And so it was just like, I found that there was a place for me to put that stuff in there. And from a personal development standpoint, like I'm sure you guys have learned it's one of the best personal development things that you can do because 100%. when you're talking to people, it doesn't matter how old they are, what they do for work, um, what they had for dinner, you're always going to learn something. Even like even if I interviewed every client that I trained, it doesn't even have to be people that are my mentors. Like I can learn to listen and I can learn how their life experiences shaped them. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, like there's I've interviewed several several trainers and like group fitness instructors and stuff but sometimes i interview just general population sometimes i interview i like to interview like uh small business owners because that is a skill that personal trainers need so if you are a self-employed personal trainer you have a ton to learn from any other person that's on their own in business like I often, like, I pay attention to realtor stuff because there's so much I can learn, like, how you treat the client, like, Mm -hmm. if it's their birthday, what do you do, or, like, if they have certain considerations that really mean a lot to them, are you implementing that, like, just that connection, Mm -hmm. and, like, it's one thing to be in our own echo chamber of our own industry, like, if all I did was interview fitness people, and it was just, like, a bunch of trainers that looked like me, acted like me, talked like me, had the same beliefs as me. Sure. I'm just going to get more me. It's yeah. just going to be a big, loud me. Yeah. And how am I going to, 
how am I going to shift from that? Like, if like the world throws me a pandemic, how am I going to pivot? I mean, to have heard this travel guy's stories and he's from Denmark and he's in a totally different industry, but a pandemic hit him. And what did he do? He was grateful for what he had. He made the most of it. He kept writing letters to try and get like a ship out. And then when he realized he was kind of stuck there for a bit, he started just hiking in, in the environment that he was in. And now he's, he's leveraging his influencer skills and getting like free night stay at like different hotels. But it's <laughs> like, if you, you're not stuck with what you're dealt in life, you can look at what is in your environment and you can pick the best case scenario. Like, I mean, let's say all of a sudden we're all broke in this room. We don't mm -hmm. have to stay broke. We just have to think right. of how we're going to not be broke. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, like, I watched this thing and it was how this one kid started being like an entrepreneur. And I think it was a recent 2020 uh, Nate grad and he was in the business program or something. And it was so cool because you start to hear, I mean, they admitted his first business was like, copying dvds and selling them to his school buddies and so like in the article is like now this might not be the most moral and ethical thing but it taught him how to hustle and so like he went from there and he uh i think he started up like a meal delivery service on campus hmm. oh, okay. and so like where we have like skip the dishes and uber eats and that goes to your house there right. was nothing that was in the school environment where you could like let's say you're in a class like on the opposite end and the food place you like is like four buildings that way. If a kid was like, okay, I want to make some side hustle cash. They'd sign up to be one of the delivery people. They didn't have to have a vehicle. They would just be on foot with their cell phone. They deliver the kid in the huh, class would really? lose any, like they wouldn't miss out on anything. And so just like the kid that created this business, he, he didn't need any real resources. He just needed to have the application to make it into a real thing. So obviously he had to learn and he had to kind of put himself out there, take a risk, ask people questions. But then that kind of goes to show it's like he started off as someone who was hungry. Like he wanted a snack. He wanted somebody to bring him a snack. And then he made, he made the system that brought him the snack and he employed himself and um, he had to kind of like pivot from that when COVID happened and everybody was doing their schooling from home because like this was in like 2019, 2020. Mm -hmm. um, but then from that point, uh, he had like the the means to be able to invest in, I think it was like a sandwich place or something. And so he was um, teaming up with somebody and he was like the co-owner of a sandwich place. So then it like, it builds up, it builds up. It's like, when people buy a house or a, a property young and like they go through the ebbs and flows of that. But then like earlier on in their life than somebody else, they're going to have like equity. They're going to have rental property. Sure. Yeah. And so it's just so cool to see like a person might not like, let's say a person's trying to get a job and nobody's hiring them. The coolest thing to see happen is they just decide they're going to make up a job. Mm hmm all of a sudden they're just going to mow lawn because everyone needs their lawn to be mowed. And if there's a bunch of people that mow lawn, well, you just got to be better. You show up early, 
do a better job, do like the crisscross things, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. leave Get them some nice chocolate going. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, just do something that sets you apart Sure. and you can make a go of it, which like, that's like my bread and butter. I love living vicariously through other people's stuff. Cause it kind of like, if I'm feeling down and I saw how somebody like defied the odds, like they made it happen even like for an example, I've, I've got like cancer survivors on my podcast and mm. I'm like, if I ever have a bad day, I'm like, well, there's certain things that have not had to happen to me. Like I have not had to face like, yeah. struggles yeah. like that. So right. I really Very need true. to just pull up my socks and just like deal with it, have mm. a good attitude and like surround myself with people who kind of feel the same. Yeah. It's something that I've definitely, I mean, just the perspective that you gain, just talking to a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Tom says all the time, like just, we've made friends just sitting across from them and shooting the shit. And it's, to us, it's super valuable. If it if it never returns any sort of money, it's it's Monetarily, cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that's fine. totally cool because it's the the conversations that you have, and I mean, it's this consistent flow of content that I mean, you can go back to and almost just like it's your file of conversations yeah. you've had. And well, I had that actually recorded, so I can you know go back to June twenty fifth, twenty twenty, and have this conversation again, type of thing. So. No, it's super handy. Like, I like that premise because I think about conversations that I've just had in general. Mm. And now I'm thinking about the volume of conversations that I've had that were really useful in that time in the space that I was in. Mm-hmm. And kind of the way I've noticed that years go, and it's not like I'm Yoda or anything, but like, <laughs> I noticed that in my year, I have like certain phases where it's like, okay, this is the part of the year where we're kind of like in, in lower spirits. And this is the part of the year where we're in higher spirits. Um, certain topics are helpful. Like you get introspective with certain guests and they really make you realize what to be grateful for, or you find joy in the things that you weren't finding joy in them because that person really did. Like, um, for me, I get to be able to talk to my parents and a lot of people as we age aren't going to have that. And so it's always something that I'm super grateful for. Like I have this thing where it's just like, um, I always call my parents like every day. <laughs> and it's oh, like, really? Oh. People Good are going to be like, oh, well, yeah. But my thing is just like when my parents were, were born, they were like the youngest in their family. And so like their parents were significantly older than them. Mm-hmm. And then when I was born, my parents are significantly older than me. So like I think when I was born, my parents were like 38 or 39 or something. Like They are born in 1953. And oh, really? they still are looking very youthful and mm-hmm. fresh, uh, very fit. Good for them, good <laughs> Their for them. age doesn't show. I'm just yeah. like making sure they don't uh, get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in any case, it just means that every, for me, because I'm a little hippy dippy, not, not everybody's going to have the same experience as me. And I totally understand that, but it's just like, I don't want to take that for granted. Hmm. Like if their health is good and their memory is good, then I want to soak it up. Because I never got, like, the grandparent experience. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to soak up the parent experience. And, like, I don't know what the situation will be for me providing them grandkids. But, like, if my grandkids were to get to meet them, that would be wonderful. Mm. But, like, right now I'm a bachelor self-employed. So, like, what are the odds? (laughs) (laughs) True, true, true. You don't get one without the other kind of thing, like, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's... it's nice getting to talk to people in like such a way like this. And you meet so many people who, for me, I've always, there's a lot of people we've met where it's been like, 
they make me want to kick my own ass just because they like they're like such high achievers overachievers in whatever way and then that kind of you know puts me in another gear where i'm like okay i could probably work a little harder today or whatever right or tomorrow and so on and so forth right yeah um and some i don't know but we're more technically our category is comedy so a lot of our episodes are just literally goofing around (laughs) but it's still fun too right so and yeah it's it's nice to go back to a conversation um like it it's just so interesting and we are unique in this way that we can all relate to this just having a conversation recorded of you that you can go back and listen to and like re-experience the exact conversation again yeah yeah and I, I didn't even really think about that till like, just now. But it's kind of a weird thing, yeah. right? So Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, like, you're able to see how you've developed. Like, if I went mm, back to my episode true, one, true, true. Yeah. I'd be like, wow, like, I make words sound much nicer now. Like, before, it was like I'd have yeah. my taglines, like, I'm trying to remember what I used to say all the time. I still do a lot. It's like, awesome, or totally. Oh, everyone has their or, isms, right? That's yeah, really cool. Yeah. Or, like... Yeah. Every time someone would finish with a statement, I'd have it was like I had like a soundboard and I was just pressing that button over and over and over. And now I've not only have my listening skills been enhanced because like with repetitions it's inevitable, mm-hmm. but then I see how that transfers out into like my communication with my family, my clients, my friends. It's just like then when they're actually going through a crisis, I'm able, I'm more positioned to help them because mm-hmm. I'm under like I'm, I'm hearing it, and the other advice i got from a female uh personal trainer was like guys always try to fix things like somebody will tell us their problem or oh let me figure yeah, out how to we, fix that we logic our way through things right that's yeah. kind of the default male response and then sometimes females don't need that from us and so i've learned that through mm-hmm. my podcast i've been like okay like sometimes they just need me to like just listen just listen shut up and like help if they need mm-hmm. but not create a solution for everything yeah, it's it definitely makes you a lot more articulate, if anything, right? And then even, it, this is so hard to describe to people, but speaking of going back to like listening to episode one or whatever, the, my, like, our talking abilities are like, the, the act of actually speaking has significantly improved, which sounds like such a strange thing to say, and most people maybe won't get that, but like, it's 100% a it's, skill. It's a skill. And, yeah. like, how I, like, my voice sounds quite a bit different to a year and a half ago, honestly. Right? Yeah. So, which I'm, you know, kind of ha- happy for. It's definitely, if anything comes of this, like Josh said, it's kind of, you know, maybe more of the personal skills and the, the self-fulfillment of it. Like, you kind of got to do a podcast for the altruistic reasons, especially if it's a smaller local show, uh, at, at least at first. But you still get a lot out of it. Well, I mean, you talk about, like, how talking sounds different. It's, yeah, like, we kind of step into our radio voice, in a way. In a way, yeah. And when you, let's say we were going to go to, like, MKT or something. And we went to MKT during the time in our life where it was episode one of our podcast, mm-hmm. respectively. Yep. Um, the whole experience is going to go a lot differently at our most recent episode when we're in that state of our life. Because of just, like, how we're taking in our scenery, how we're perceiving our environment, what we're listening to, 
um, our ability to, like, we look at the menu, we might not fall into our old habits because all these people that we've talked to, uh, the impression that the waiter or waitress has on us, like, as human beings, like, mm-hmm. um, growing up in a rural community, like, I've gotten lots of feedback that I sound like an Albertan. And, like, I probably still sound like an Albertan. But... <laughs> I think all of us do. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah like, probably. So. Yeah. A lot of people sound less like an Albertan. Like, some people, it's like, oh, well, there's a chance. There's a chance that they might be from Toronto. Or, you know, or mm-hmm. it's just maybe more of a clear-cut, very professional-sounding speaking voice. Like, this one time I interviewed Ryan Jones, like, the former Oiler. Oh, cool. It was nice. so fun. Because, like, in my childhood like he is was he not playing hockey he's playing hockey in europe or something isn't he he was in germany oh, okay and yeah. the the year that like i interviewed him he was like episode like 40 or something okay um and when i interviewed him he was still in germany but that was going to be his final year and okay, then gotcha. he has since moved i think to minnesota he settled down and he's doing uh contracting doing some renovations and stuff and keeping out of trouble it's basically like you gotta do something to fill in your time and so yeah that was something that filled his bucket and he gets to he looks like he's smoking a lot of meat um just doing like the hunting life like cool hunting yeah. and fishing and smoking meat in the meat smoker and doing some renovations around the house and taking care of his kids hmm. but like his voice and my voice like we have this how's it going eh like we were both like <laughs> yeah. that and so you know I, I just did it so you know like um when you get in a room where everybody's mm-hmm. kind of like that, you feed off of each other and then yeah. it like gets more and more. And so true, it's true. just, I had specific feedback. More and more Alburn. <laughs> really yeah. The specific feedback, because I think he is from Chatham, Ontario or something, but it was like that episode sounded so Canadian. I couldn't help but laugh because it was <laughs> like, you guys are just bouncing off each other. And it yep. was, it was awesome. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So was that actually... Would you say he's, who would you say is your biggest guest out of curiosity? Well, not to make you pick favorites, but <laughs> you know, pick favorites. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. So like, yeah. there's so many ways to look at it mm-hmm. because there's like guest episodes where like, I felt super fulfilled with that conversation. Yeah. And there's guest episodes where that guest just had a huge following. Mm-hmm. And there's guest episodes where, like, they've been on a lot of podcasts, but then because of what I asked them, the episode took off. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's one episode that's a very popular episode, and that's with uh, Dr. Farah Sharif and Nahid Sharif. And part of that is because, like, they're very important people in my life, and they played a big role in my, my entry into, like, this fitness life that I lead. Um, and so it's, like that connection specifically makes a big impact on like the listener's experience. Like, let's say mm-hmm. I knew nothing about them or and like, who, what, who slash what are they? Okay. Exactly? So to give you some backstory, like, um, I met them through attending spin classes. Mm-hmm. And so this was still when I was at like the old warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then, so Dr. Farah Sharif, she is a professor at the U of A and she teaches teachers to teach. And one of her huh. specialties is, um, like, uh, anti-racism education and just kind of, like, teaching people how to um, approach, like, the school system through, like, a, a sense of diversity kind of thing. Like, yeah. you, you can teach 
education, you can teach math and you can teach social and then you can teach like essentially the awareness to understand like society as a whole, our place within society, um, certain responsibilities for educators in like how they are educating youth and such. And anyways, she was a spin instructor. And so I knew her as a spin instructor and the self-awareness that I received from being in those classes like all of a sudden I was like you know I've been like settling for like six out of ten Chris like I've only been putting out 60% of what I could put out into this world and somehow like dark lights stationary bike get some crazy techno music in there and stuff but like they they pick your songs they pick your hype songs yeah and you get this weird self-awareness and so that kind of I was like oh wow like these people I'm meeting like they can make me into a better person. And just over time, I found myself, I was going to a lot of her classes and then uh, her husband, Nahid, was there. And you just kind of like, it's like you hang out at a place, you like the place, you make friends from that place. And then uh, there was lots of different locations. Like when I was at True Ride, she trained me to be an instructor. Um, I hung out at a few other workout places and she'd be there too. And so it's like, you kind of find these people that are kind of Mm -hmm. very important people in your life. And if you interview them on a podcast and the podcast is people that support things that are important to you. And a lot of people support those people that are important to you. And it makes for a very, um, uplifting episode. Right. Right. So, I guess was that one where it was like, you know, maybe they're not the massive following, but it was just really good conversation. And that one does really well, I guess. Like I would say there is a, there is definitely a massive following for, for definitely uh, Farah. Um, But it's kind of like, it's one of those, like when a person is just a genuinely very Mm -hmm. heartfelt, caring person, you're going to see that through something in their life. Like Mm -hmm. whether it's, I mean, like the the teacher that I had that I was telling you guys about when I went to his funeral like the capacity of the building for the funeral was like 500 people um the high school was only like 150 people in a year kind of Mm -hmm. thing so like obviously he had been at that school for a number of years and he's gonna have impact a lot of people's lives but I wasn't I wasn't even in the building that's how full this thing was like the conger like the wherever the congregation was seated that was completely full mm-hmm. and standing room was all taken up and then the lobby was completely full like i was shoulder to shoulder with people like sweating in this uh dress shirt and a tie mm-hmm. and i just wanted to be there and mm-hmm. then the people that arrived after were outside they couldn't hear anything like they might hear the odd bit of a speech here and there because we had the door open but they were just there to be there and it's so like he he's not on tv he's not in magazines but he has such an impact on people's lives and so i find like the a role of a teacher um you can totally have a different impact but you are in a position to have a huge impact on a person's life and so as we talked about like far as a is a professor so she would be in that teaching capacity for a lot of people mm-hmm. and then in turn influencing teachers who would also have influence on a lot of people. And then if you are like a group fitness instructor, it's basically like teaching, but different, you know? And so 
people in that position, they can be very influential. But then you can get a person that is like extremely well known, like they got like two hundred thousand followers or something, mm-hmm. and those episodes might not be so popular. And it it's a number of things. It could be that they've been on such a volume mm-hmm. of episodes, yeah, that you're getting more of the same, yeah. Um, and it could just be like, what is that following? built off of is it what you see is what you get kind of thing like yeah yeah i mean like anybody anybody can amass an amount of followers on instagram anybody can have like a fancy hype video yeah but like who are you in this world like what are you doing when nobody's watching and like it's it's important to just like strive to be a good person because like life is short why would you spend your life not being a good person you know so it's like I think that's what it has come down to. Generally speaking, I'll go through the list of like the top guests as far as listeners go, and it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've been very impactful people in my life, and they aren't necessarily people that everybody knows who it is, mm-hmm. but the people who do know, like that person, really touched their life, like made a huge difference, like right, they're a right. key mentor, or it was like a major moment in their life. Like one of my top episodes, somebody had lost their their dad shortly after and it was because the way he spoke about his dad in the episode was such a time capsule because Mm. like we recorded and then i think it was a few months later that he lost his dad and so it's just like certain moments in time and Mm -hmm. you're the one who is the keeper of the moment yeah and then that's that's like a gift because like if i took that down He'd be pissed. I'd have to send it to him on a, like a stick drive or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, like I think I talked about it before. It was just the income and just making a certain amount of money. And we're thinking, oh yeah, like when I make this amount of money, I'll have made it. Mm-hmm. You know, make six figures, I'll have made it. But it's like money. We always kind of fill in the gaps there. So let's say I made $200,000 a year. Well, I'm very likely to get things proportionately that give me the exact same lifestyle as what I have today, because I do not make $200,000 a year. Um, And so like that would be instead of making my meals at home, I might order meal prep service. And maybe instead of like having a cheaper vehicle i might get a really expensive vehicle and instead of like camping i might go to hotels and stuff like it just all kind of like mm-hmm. goes up yeah. the, the step ladder and so when it comes to like what are we focused on like that's where i get like in my feelings i'm like we focus on like our time spent with family our connection with our friends um focus on like doing something that you genuinely care about like mm. in your career if you're if you're just looking at the clock the whole time, like maybe check yourself and ask like, why am I at a, am I at a place where I need to see what time it is like five times in the day? Why am I not at a place where I don't care what time it is? I don't care when the day is done because like I'm doing something that in line lines up with like my values, my purpose, stuff like that. Cause like that stuff can take years off your life or let's say, because every day during a pandemic is a day to kind of be like, thank goodness that I am not dead. You know, like it's COVID-19. Like, I mean, we don't know what could happen if we got COVID-19. Like, mm-hmm. I can be very confident that I would be okay, but I can't take for know. granted. Yeah. Like I, I am okay, but I can't take that for granted. And so 
in the time that I am on Earth, I want to make it a better place than it was when I found it. And how am I going to do that if I'm looking at the clock to see, like, when the time's up? Or if I am, like, finishing up a day and be like, oh, what a long day. And doing that whole, like, Papa John's and beer routine. Like, right, yeah. That's a lot of days. Five years of that, that's a lot. Like, that, all of a sudden, that's a big footprint. And it's like, what do you have to show for yourself? And tap your belly and big burp. Like, <laughs> come on now. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, like... If I if I didn't decide to switch careers, I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have talked to Ryan Jones. And then there'd be hundreds of client sessions where like I showed a person like their their potential. Like for me, that fills my bucket. Like some people might be like, Oh, I don't have time for that. But I figured out in myself that being a personal trainer, being someone that works with people, talks with people, makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. And then like in theory i'll live longer because maybe my stress a little is a little lower i have more happy days than sad days mm-hmm. um but yeah and i think there's another tangent that i wanted to go off on because you got me thinking <laughs> i'm good at tangents good. please do um basically like you talked about how you talk to other people and it kind of sparks some enthusiasm and you, yeah you feel inspired to be better because that person's just really crushing it every single person that you're inspired by doesn't matter what industry, what they're interested in, what they do in their free time, has bad days. Like, so it's almost better for us to really understand that they have bad days so that we know that they get back up after that. If we're so focused, like, let's say we're both focused on Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan made his big contract with Spotify and we're like, we are podcast hosts, he's a podcast host. And we're frustrated because we're not where he is. Yeah. What if we got like really in tune with what it was like for him to get there? And so, I mean, Fear Factor wouldn't have been his first job. His podcast wouldn't have been his first time speaking in front of people. Um, Any of his physical achievements wouldn't be the first time he'd try that. Anything that he's good at, he probably really sucked at one day. Mm -hmm. But the difference between him, like in order for him to get to where he was, he had to start that thing. And so then we remind ourselves, like, no matter how bad we want to be like Joe Rogan or how bad we want to be where we want to be, it's good that we started. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't stop. And we should just focus on, on what we can control. Like, so focus on what we have to put in our days. So we talked about, like, that whole year thing and, like, our goals. Yeah. So 365 days. So focusing on what you have to do tomorrow to stay on track. And stay on track, stay on track, stay on track. And that's why I like to talk about like things that bring people resiliency because bad things happen in life. Like life is meant to kind of test us and we're meant to be dumped at some point. Like some people have long, happy relationships, but that was with a lot of hard work and a lot of like teamwork. Um, we're meant to have to pivot in our life and move and clean up floods and deal with the loss of loved ones or get like bad, like quarterly reviews, like all these different things that test us and make us want to quit. We're supposed to face that or else who would we be? Like, what are we going to amount to? And so to look at these people who are doing big things, but understand that they started somewhere and there's something in their story that's going to help you through yours. So look for it like that. That's more helpful. Cause like, we can do motivation all day. We can like come up with all these quotes and like 
you can do anything. Believe in yourself. Dolphin coming out of the water, splashing back in, like all that stuff. Where's that going to get you? What kind of like a skill set tool in your toolbox is that going to give you? Mm-hmm. And so I really like, I value people's stories because there's something in there that's going to be handy. Like I interview new parents because I'm like, at some point, the odds are pretty high based on like what I value. I'll probably be a parent at some point. It might be when I'm 40, but like probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. How am I going to deal with that? Um, what kind of self-doubt am I going to have to like smash down? Um, things like that, like less about the idea of being a parent and more about like, how did they face it? How did they handle it? What were their thoughts? What was their, where did they find the joy? When do I need to learn to pause? Like, I think we forget to pause sometimes. Like we do something and it's not what our role model is doing. Like, let's say this podcast gets 20 listens and we're like, and I have no idea what listens you get. I'm just pulling that number out of the Mm -hmm. sky. But that number is still a number. Because for me, if I had a podcast episode get 20 listens, and it's not unheard of, like, podcast episodes get 20 listens sometimes. Yeah. And I would beat myself down because I'd be like, that's not what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. But you have to flip the coin. It's like, everybody that listened to that, that's like an hour of their life that they're never getting back. And they committed to it. They committed to listening to everything that we had to say for an hour. Mm-hmm. They could have totally flipped past. And then it's out there. So when people have questions on that stuff, it is available. And had we not done that, it would not be available. And so it's like, I'm really bad at beating myself down. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned these things because I'm bad for it. So anything that I say that seems smart, if there was anything, is because I have fallen down and gotten back up. And like when we're looking at people and we're like, that was wise. Cause I have lots of wise people in my life and I love it. Like I love being surrounded by people who have insightful things to say, who kind of give me that wake up call, who give me a lot of perspective and help me learn, even if learning is uncomfortable. Um, but everybody that has that knowledge got it very painfully. Mm-hmm. Like something bad happened to the strong people in this world and they're still here to to show up to every challenge that they're faced with and so it's so cool to be able to tap into that and to recognize that in people like then we get to so for me from a fitness standpoint i'm working with different clients um it's one thing to say you can do this just like stop there and walk away and they've got like this heavy weight in front of them and they're like well can i but it's another thing to say you can do this and be able to articulate why like, to be able to give them the formula to, like, okay, no, like, the thing is, you can do this because on this sheet of paper, your program, you did this amount of volume with resistance. And the cue that helped you the most was breathing and bracing. And I noticed that you've been getting better at breathing and bracing. So if you just keep that up, based on the numbers I have here on this program, you've got it. Mm-hmm. And then if you're, if, say, a client lost a loved one and they wanted to train that day. It's one thing to say, you got this, just go and push that sled. But it's another thing to like sit down with them at a table somewhere where you can just like have a chat and be like, you know what? I've been through that. Like I've, I've lost someone and it can be like, cause we're all going to have lost someone and we're going to have like key points to really connect with that person. And then they understand that they're not alone. Like they, they know that it's not just them against the world, but you do understand where they're coming from. And mm-hmm. then 
the wonderful thing about amassing this volume of podcast episodes is there's things that I haven't had to face yet, but my guests have. And sometimes, like, I know that a guest has a story that's going to be helpful for a friend of mine or a family member, and I can just be like, this episode is about this, this, and this. You don't need to know why I think you should listen to it, or, like, I just think this is going to be a really good episode for you to listen to on your own time if you want to, and if you don't, that's okay too. But then it's Mm. just, like, I can pretend that I've experienced everything there is to experience in life, but it's far from it. Like maybe like one, one thousandth <laughs> of like the average 28 year old's life. Like I have lots of things that I can experience, mm-hmm. but if I have other people in my network that have experienced stuff and I know how to connect the dots or I can like give the person the opportunity to connect the dots themselves. Like sometimes people don't know what they're going to get from listening to a podcast until they listen to the podcast and by accident they might realize oh wow like i didn't realize i was going to get that much out of it Mm -hmm. Hmm. well said (laughs) (laughs) thanks sorry i like i talk so much (laughs) no i had to yeah that was really good i had to take some of that in for a second there no i think people are going to get a lot out of this one to be honest so thank you yeah yeah uh but on that train out actually so not to totally spring this on you but i noticed you do like a challenge at the end of a lot of your episodes. Do you have a challenge to drop for people who have listened this far Mm. for today? Honestly, a challenge has come up with a lot of my guests is, uh, I really like this one. This one was from the recent one. So I'm just going to carry it over. And it's like, contact somebody by video message and then tell them why, why they matter to you. Tell them why you love them. Like, I mean, dudes if you if you got like dudes in your circle and they're they're your bros mm-hmm. when's the last time you told a bro that you loved them mm-hmm. and like it it could totally seem like super sappy and like Chris, yeah. like get off our show you're being really weird but but in trying times uh-huh. you gotta have that connection if 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 the dudes and females and any kind of a friend circle that you have if the people in your life if you're like top five people are not people that you can like look square in the face and be like, I love you. Then who are they? Why mm-hmm. are they there? Um, mm. If you can't articulate why they matter or like that key moment that is really special, why are they there? And everybody needs to hear it. The key moment, like there's a common phrase amongst my circle of friends. And it's like, check on your strong friends. Um, and to explain that further, it's like, think about the rock. Think about, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And we look at that guy, and he's jacked, and he never misses a workout day. And he's in movies, and he's, like, always in the spotlight. And we just think, he's got it all together. Pretty good chance he needs to be checked on. He's your strong friend to check on. And so you transfer that to your own lifestyle. You think about, like, the bosses of the world and, like, the the leaders, the mentors. Not just the people Mm -hmm. who outwardly say... I've really been having a hard time. They need to be checked on for sure too. But when we do a little bit of a spot check and make a point to like make time for people in our life and be very intentional in the words that we use, mm-hmm. um, be super transparent in like why, like the context as to like uh, you like going for beers with this dude because and check yourself. Make sure it's not just because they're the person that goes to get the beer with you. 
because I think a lot of people have like that moment where they're like, okay, we ran out of beer in the fridge and I tried to talk to this guy and we realized there was nothing to talk about. Like when there's still something to talk about and there's nothing that helps you talk left, um, it's good to still have something to talk about at the end of the day, you know? Hmm. Because I, I found that, like, you can go to, like, a gathering. And at that gathering, you will have a beer. And then you can talk to all kinds of people. But if you can go to, like, I don't know, just any kind of a meeting, like a board meeting or something, and you're able to make connections with people, kind of, like, similar to the skills that podcast hosts get, mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden we're like, so what's your favorite color and why? Like when you're able, <laughs> yeah. just a super generic yeah, example, yeah. but it's just like when you're able to seek that connection, yep. you're getting a lot more out than if you aren't having those connections. Cause it's basically we're the product of our environment. And if our environment are a bunch of people that we're able to really vibe with, that uh, we can go through our tough days with, that we can mm-hmm. be on the same level with, um, we're going to be a lot more resilient to whatever the life throws at us. And if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we could probably use some resiliency. Like we don't know what's going to happen Very in true. this economy and stuff, yeah. but yeah. Hmm. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I guess we should, uh, and on that note, probably call it an episode there. Yeah. Thank Sweet. you. Chris, so much, thanks man. so much for joining us <laughs> cool. and, uh, everyone be sure to check out Chris on the lifestyle chase. I'm assuming you can search that on any podcast platform. Yeah, for sure. Just give it a Google and And, you'll uh, find it. We'll we'll drop some links too. Sounds uh, good. Yeah, thanks again. And on Instagram and all the other places too, right? Absolutely. Sounds good, my man. Thank Thank you so much. So much for having me. (laughs) 